glass, dude. Very small glass. I'm getting there. Alright, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Good stuff, right? It gave me one of those head kicks. Yikes. It's not a bad thing, necessarily. Well, welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast. It is June 2nd, 2015, and we are sitting here talking about the AFC North division in the NFL and how they're going to do over the next season. In addition to that, it's uh, my girlfriend Jessica's birthday, and so she's joining us on the podcast today. Happy so birthday, Jess. Jessica, say Thank hi. You. Hey, guys. To the people. Woo. Cheers. <laughs> Uh, we usually start off with what we're drinking, so let's start off with what that shot was. Uh, Sailor Jerry. She asked for Jamaican rum, and you know, it's it's Caribbean rum, and Jamaica's in the Caribbean, so I, I did as well as I could under the circumstances. Yeah. That's not uh, bad. You, you did a fine job. It is quite delicious, in fact. We'll, we'll try a little better, maybe more specific, for Jamaican <laughs> rum later in the year, because apparently, according to, to women... They have a birthday. It's just indefinitely until someone tells them to stop. You know, I usually just go with the birthday weekend, but for some reason, I uh, I apparently get three weeks this year. The birthday couple of weeks sometimes. <laughs> people take liberties with that sort of thing. Yeah, some people do the birthday month. I haven't gone the full month, so at least I'm not that person. <laughs> well, you're building up to it. <laughs> sure. So we have we have Jessica here, and my name's Dave, and then of course I have uh, Jason across the table for me, and he's uh, my compatriot in podcasting. Uh, so tonight we're going to discuss the AFC North division. What I'd like to do is sort of go uh, throughout the division and say who they've added, who who's left, uh, kind of what their issues are uh, for this next year, and then what our kind of uh, projections are for them going forward. You know what's going to happen as a result of this show? What's that? The, in Jess's leagues this year, she's going to draft all players from the NFC from the AFC North. <laughs> she'll, she'll know more about them than everyone else because we're chatting about that specifically right right we'll talk up everyone <laughs> uh so sometimes we do a drinking game and we haven't always done it but i'd like to do it again tonight just in honor of her birthday uh so i think that we should do a game where anytime anybody says uh let's go with tight end tight end okay anytime anyone says tight end there's tight ends on most of these teams yeah then uh, everybody has to drink five. Okay? You guys got it? Let's got practice. It. Tight what end. What else are you drinking, Dave? Tight end. Tight end. Tight end drink. All right. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I have a I have a PBR with me right now, and then I've got some uh, some other We've beers. We've got a variety of beers waiting. On uh, lockdown over there waiting. So there's a PBR. There's four different beers in this four-pack. It's well, interesting. What's in there? So there's the PBR, another PBR, a Lagunitas Maximus. The IPA Maximus Ale, 8.2% alcohol. We have what you picked up for tonight, the Psychopath, or Psychopath, if you will, uh, <laughs> Intense Pale Ale. So it's supposed to be a very hoppy pale ale. Is that right? That's what they lead you know me to believe. Okay, so that one's an 8%. So that's the weak one of the night, of the craft beers, because there's also a Ballast Point Dorado Double IPA, which is a full 10% alcohol by volume there we go so everything's over eight except for these little little pbrs that we're playing with here and then i'm uh sipping on this apex predator from off color brewing uh it is a farmhouse ale it's kind of like a belgian i got the last one of the pack and it's delicious what does it taste like to you oh 
Like a Belgian? <laughs> yeah. Well, the farmhouse hail comes from France, so you're in the same geographic area, I suppose. But uh, okay. yeah, I like that beer. We had it a couple weeks ago on the show. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. One of the cool things about this is is Jess actually plays fantasy football. In fact, she won the first year that she played. Spider Pig. Uh, I believe now- she won a championship before either of us did. <laughs> <laughs> now, she has she has played now for two full seasons going into her third. No, three no, full seasons. No, three full seasons going, going into, into the fourth. fourth. Way to correct me, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what I was going to ask you, Jess, is uh, is one. How comfortable do you feel playing fantasy football? And when you're playing fantasy football, uh, is is there like a particular thing that you that you like to do to get prepared for the week, or you kind of just go in there and pick whatever guys are doing the best at the time? Well, it's interesting because my first year I knew nothing about fantasy football whatsoever, and I'm not gonna lie, I went pretty much 100% off of the Drink5.com advice and rankings. Now they had that's uh, year you won. That was yeah, the year I yeah. won. I'd yes. like to make that clear here. <laughs> yes. The year that I won, I went off the Drink drink 5 rankings. Wow. Um, you know, I, I have to throw in, though, that uh, that year they also included um, kickers and defenses in the rankings. <laughs> well, that's, that, that helps, but you're not going to make or break a team, really, with kickers and yeah, defenses. Yeah, she, she did really well with them. <laughs> that's what she's saying. She's um, like, I suppose if you exceed with them. Yeah. So it was fun, but I was still learning a lot. That second year, I, I don't know. what. I, I, maybe I just wasn't as involved. I didn't care as much, but I went from first place to last place. So did that make you want to quit or make you want to come back stronger? It made me want to come back stronger, but unfortunately I had to retire my Spider Pigs uh, team. The name of your team that won the championship, right? Yeah, it was the Spider Pigs, yeah. and I am now uh, hashtag Girl Jerk. So, you know, don't forget to hashtag Girl Jerk because that's the latest and greatest. There you go. Um, we'll have to throw it on the tweet for the show. Yeah, last year I did come in fourth place, and I was so close, so, so close to placing in the top three, and then I swear it was stolen away from me. So, yeah, it made me come back. You know, I knew more. I was more into it, and God damn it, I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good story. Good story, bro. You know. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Let's Thank do a little you. cheers here. Because your birthday only lasts for another couple hours, and then, then it's done, son. And you can only say another week. so many times before then. <laughs> yeah. So moving right into the AFC North. Uh, now, Jess, do you, do you know – I know this is unfair of oh, me to gosh. ask you, but do you know the teams that are in the AFC North? Oh, you know, and I'm pretty sure Jason just said them about 10 minutes ago. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the two divisions. I'm not going to lie. Well, there's a lot more than that. Oh. <laughs> there's four teams in the AFC North. Oh, boss. One of them is Dave's favorite team. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. One of them is their rival. Uh, it's not... Um, they wear purple? Pro purple. Mm-hmm. It's not what I was going for. I was going for Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Oh, they are also in the AFC North. All right. And are traditionally a rival. Okay. But the, okay. the newest rivalry that they have is with the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, okay. And the last team... Um, is the worst was, team in the NFL, maybe. No, but we measure all quarterbacks against their quarterback. Oh, uh, Andy Dalton. He the plays Andy Dalton on, line. And he plays on... My, my favorite right team uh, when I was a kid because of their helmets. See, you know the Andy Dalton line, so that you, you're you're starting somewhere. <laughs> we discuss the Andy Dalton line an awful lot. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Andy okay. Dalton. Cincinnati so he's Bengals. In Cincinnati. Okay, okay. So let's start with Baltimore. So Baltimore, uh, in the off season, they've done a little bit of work here. Uh, they have added Matt Schaub uh, as a quarterback, who's just going to be a backup for Flacco, but still a very good backup when you compare him to a, a lot of for the Flacco? Other, a lot of the other. Ba- uh, backups in the league uh, you know and even in this division he's one that has 
uh, had 4,000-yard seasons. He's one yeah. that has gotten pretty far in the playoffs. Matt so. Schaub is, in, you know, is not going to take over for Flacco at all. No. But he's there for injury. Flacco hasn't had to spend any time on the IR in his career, as far as I can remember. Right. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a great backup to have. And they probably don't have to pay too much for him because he's been struggling a lot in the last several years. Yeah, and you have uh, Buck Allen, who's a running back they drafted mm-hmm. this year. Uh, and he went to USC. Uh, you have Brashad Perryman, who's another rookie they drafted this year, who is a wide receiver. Uh, and they have Max Williams, who's another rookie they drafted this year. Max see, with two X's. You see any kind of uh, mm-hmm. you know theme here? Uh, tight end. Well, they Drink. also picked up... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they picked up... Um, Less. What's his name? The guy from the Bears. <laughs> the uh, coach from the Bears. Mark Tressman is now their offensive coordinator. But they have said that they're going to mostly keep their same kind of blocking scheme on the offense. So it'll sort of be a hybrid between Tressman's scheme and like a West Coast scheme. Right. Uh, departures. The, they lost Bernard Pierce, who at one point uh, behind Ray Rice was the guy that everyone expected to kind of go into that role. But after performing not so well, having some injury issues, they just let him go this year uh then also tory smith who went to san francisco he was a wide receiver uh and he he did pretty well for a couple years but never really uh lived up to his original college uh expectations which were to be that outside guy that was just awesome just awesome right he just couldn't quite get there jacoby jones who uh is a little bit farther back than that still was a good wide receiver for them and someone they could trust and they knew what he would do yeah owen daniels who was their tight end uh, originally from Houston. I'll drink for you for that one. And now he is going to Denver this year because they lost their tight end. Julius Thomas. Yes, Julius Thomas, who went to Jacksonville. And I'm going to drink for those. That's crazy. But why don't you talk about some of the issues that they have on their Well, look, they still have Steve Smith and Marlon Brown. They drafted Brashad Perriman, so I think that they're going to have enough wide receivers for um, for Flacco to get him the ball. Uh, who is their tight end? I know it's not – is it Crockett, Gilmore, Drink and then Max up. Williams? Nope, Max Williams is the guy. Well, I know that Crockett's going to be getting like half the snaps at least. Rookie tight ends don't usually do too much. Josh or Jordan Cameron's uh, season was kind of an aberration. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yes, Crockett Gilmore will open the season as the starting tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. However, he didn't really do very much last year. He had 10 receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown. Right. So, I'm looking for... Four for 121? One of these years... That's a good average, at least. 10. So, one of these years where uh, perhaps, you know, a Max Williams, uh, a rookie guy that's big and can be a red zone threat, could uh, start off as someone who's actually producing well in the fantasy football world. Uh, the problem is Crockett Gilmore is not a very smart player. He doesn't know a whole lot of routes. A guy named Crockett Gilmore isn't a very smart player. He's just big white bread, you know? That's <laughs> a great name. <laughs> um, and I agree with what you're saying about having uh, wide receivers available. However, uh, Steve Smith who fell off about halfway through the year. He certainly did. Uh, the wide receiver, two is a rookie who is unproven completely in the NFL. Well, Marlon Brown, I think, would be higher on the chart at the moment. No possibility. No? No, it's going to be immediately Perriman. And well, if they don't have any faith in Marlon Brown, they would have kept Torrey Smith. They, I don't know if they had a choice. San Francisco kind of just beat him in a bidding war, you know? 
and then wide receiver three is Kamar Aiken, who had one good game last year against Miami, who went six for sixty five for a touchdown. He got different. Uh, he got a bunch of receptions throughout the year, but it was like one reception, two receptions. You know, so we'll see. Um, I do know that uh, that Flacco uh, is able to to pass the ball around, so we'll probably see him do that a bit. And uh, a Mark Trestman offense is generally pretty good for a quarterback. Now uh, we know because we're here, uh, you know, being. In Chicago, right? We saw what happened the first year that Tressman was here. They call him the quarterback whisperer, and you gotta you gotta understand that Joe Flacco had the best year he's ever had last year, so he's kind of trending up towards this uh, four thousand yard season, and I just I'm not sure that it's going to be this season because of the fact that all these great receivers that they they did have not great, but the receivers that they trusted are now gone. They needed that depth with Torrey Smith because Torrey Smith would at the very least be drawing. Two uh, pass interference penalties per game. Yeah. He was remarkably good at that. Yeah. So even if he wasn't getting all the fantasy points, he was really playing his ass off as a receiver. Mm -hmm. So do you think that Flacco will be able to go ahead and keep this trend going and become one of the better quarterbacks in the league this year? Or will he still stay like kind of middle of the road when we average everything out? Certainly. I think that Flacco is already above the Andy Dalton line, but he, uh, with a couple of years of seasoning, could enter into the top 10 quarterbacks of the league. He has the skills. He needs the wide receivers on his team it's funny, to make it so. You know, in the past year or two, you've, you've always sort of not had any faith at all in Joe Flacco. So what turns you around? Well, for the past year or two, he's played very well, and he already has a Super Bowl under his belt. True, but he's had that for quite a while. and. And he uh, he only really plays well when it's like the playoffs or like the fourth quarter. He's kind of one of those one of those guys that's like the very end of the game. You right. Know. So guys who are clutch when they learn what they're doing in order to be clutch, they're able to sustain that success for a longer period of time. I saw Joe Flacco throw five touchdowns in like eighteen minutes last year. Yeah, that was incredible. I know that that guy is a very good quarterback. That guy can be a top ten. Well, he's also like six six. You know, he's a younger guy. Yeah. He's only played in the league for like five years. Right. He's so, been on a team that's focused on defense and running, uh, so he's gonna be able to thrive given the right tools. He may have to help develop these receivers, and it may be him making them good. I'm just worried that but, this isn't going to be the year because the all the receiver depth they had has kind of right. left them. I don't. I mean, maybe he can't quite live up to last year, but he, like you said, is trending up for sure. He's going to be good over the next five to seven years. Okay. Um, uh, talking about running backs, Justin Forsett had carried the load surprisingly well last year. He had over 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, and he had 44 receptions for 263 yards. Now, he was pretty much the only guy carrying the ball except for a little bit of uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro. Uh, this is obviously because Ray Rice was out for pretty much, well, the entire season. So the question is, how much will Talia Farrow cut into that? How much will Buck Allen cut into that? And does that make Justin Forsett a guy that you would draft as a top 10 running back? Because even though he did so well last year, you got to think that maybe it was out of necessity rather than because he was just that good. Well, I mean, they got rid of Ray Rice. So obviously uh, there's a lot off the field, why you'd want to get rid of him, but it didn't seem like it was much of a decision for them. They all thought that 
they had talent on their team to replace him. Well, that was the best guy. I mean, Forsett was on Seattle for a long time. He right. was on Houston for a year. He was on Jacksonville for a year. So he's kind of bounced around. If he was immediately talented, he would have stayed on a team. He's never really had a year like last year where he was able to start pretty much every game. So last season he had 235 carries, 1,266 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. Very impressive. 59, uh, I'm sorry, 44 receptions. So he's under 300 touches. I could totally see them uh, riding him as a workhorse because he has the talent. Uh, he certainly can do it. And they'll make this year the year when he gets 350 touches. And next year he kind of falls off. So you think that Forsett is the guy as the running back? For I think Forsett's going to have an excellent year this year. Now, granted, they, they did draft this guy, Buck mm-hmm. Allen, and Buck Allen is a guy that will probably catch a lot of passes in the backfield. And Talia Farrow is also that kind of guy that catches passes. So what we should see, and I'm assuming uh, what we will see, is a little bit of the, uh, of the short yardage being carried away by one or both of those guys, uh, but all of the passing downs being taken by them. Uh, so I don't think that we'll see as many receptions for Justin Forsett, but I do think that we can see a 1,000-yard season for short-yard gains uh, and probably six-plus touchdowns as long as he is still uh, in good health. So you agree with that? I think that uh, Forsett is going to get the same amount of targets and receptions, roughly the same. You know, one of the things that he always had in his past years when he did have some activities, he was throwing the ball almost as much as he was last year. So... Uh, no, he's not like a guy like Matt Forte who's getting a, you know, a ridiculous amount of receptions. He's going to stay with the same amount of receptions. It's not a, a huge amount. He's only having about uh, two to three per game. Uh, so it's not going to uh, go up or down a whole lot, I think. Well, I think the guy's 29 years old. I think that uh, you know he was not um, necessarily the, the best guy for the job, but he did really well. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if you look at those yeah, stats. I mean, he's a seventh-round pick. He's not a super impressive uh, prospect, I suppose. Well, if you look at the stats and say 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, that places him within, like, the top 15 running backs. Oh, no, he was – I mean, for fantasy-wise, he was top five. Yeah, but but see, I don't think that – I think he can make year. it there. I think he can make it there this year. So, oh, Dave, we were looking for a bet. So you think regardless yeah. of the fact that the wide receivers have gone downhill – and that they've added more running backs, that, that Justin Forsett will still do just as well, if not better? Look, they had uh, Talia Farrow and Bernard Pierce last year. There's going to be two other guys who are working with him, but I think that Justin Forsett, um, I mean, he, look, he was number five Well, they're year. dumping Bernard Pierce, so they obviously don't care very much about him. And Talia Farrow was a rookie last year. And so he's going to have another year in the system. He'll he's have, have a have better year. Role. He'll take up Pierce's role at the very least. And they got another rookie, and uh-huh. another rookie that has backfield passes. So I don't expect... Uh, but putting people in on passing down isn't going to take a lot of work from Forsett. I'm just saying, I don't expect Forsett to get as many backfield receptions as he did past I year. I feel like it's almost a certainty that he will be an RB1 this year. He will be in the top 10 for sure. That's tough for me to uh, to go along with. Well, I would certainly be willing to put up a bet on the fact that he'll be a top 10. If you would bet that he'll be a top 10 in PPR... In, in half-point PPR... <laughs> uh, uh, sure. We'll do Hop Slam Rules or Dynasty League. So, what what would we like to bet? Um, I don't know. Jess, what do you think we should bet? 
Oh, I don't know why, but a bottle of whiskey was the first thing that came to my mind. It's very... But, uh, uh, <laughs> is that too common? It's traditional. <laughs> As is tradition. Okay. Well, then what I suggest we do is we buy a bottle of whiskey, uh, and then the person that has to buy the bottle of whiskey will buy one basically uh, taking into account... How far away? How far away it was. Oh, so if he's like number one, then you got to buy a really nice bottle. Yeah, because Justin Forsett's going to be the number one running. Okay. I was going to so, say it needs to be at least fifty dollars. On, yeah. on these season long bets, we should also say as long as they play at least like I don't know ten games, oh, eight really? games. You got to do that. Well, we'll just cancel the bet. Otherwise, we just cancel it if they don't. Look, because look. If the guy gets injured, yeah. then one side has a much larger advantage. Okay, so as long as he's playing in 10 games? As long as he's healthy for 10 games. If he's a healthy scratch, fine, I, I'll eat that. Or if someone else starts if over If someone him, is better than him, I'll eat that. But as long as he's I'm playing. I'm saying as long as he's... Healthy, basically, how about this? Unable. As long as the player in. doesn't really land on the IR. If the player goes to the IR, we'll cancel the bet. Which we've done in the past. Seems fair. So when a player goes to the How IR, long have we been doing this now? All of a sudden we're like, oh, we have to ride on the luck, you know, a little bit of a... <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's fine. So if, if the player goes to the IR, we'll, uh, we'll saddle the bet. Um, but okay, Bottle of Whiskey says that uh, that Justin Forsett is not a top 10 Unless, I half say, point PPR running back. I, I want to... To add one more thing to that. Why are you adding all these conditions, my friend? If if he is a top 10 with being on the IR, it should still count. If it's at the end of the season, if it's like week 16 and they put him on the IR, he's already going to be a top 10. Yeah, because he's already done his 10 that games. That would be a way out for you. Done his 10, You're saying you don't want to kind of cheesy. You don't want to lose on a condition. I don't want to lose on a condition. That's yeah, right. No problem. Okay. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, anyway, Baltimore, Jason thinks that they're going to do really well this year based on his commentary. Uh, I think that they'll do well, but I think they won't do as well because of their wide receiver problems. Because they were giving away, you know, veterans and people left like Torrey Smith and Jacoby Jones. I think it'll take a couple years for them to uh, to really come into their prime. But I do think that Mark Tressman could do really well as an offensive coordinator mm -hmm. rather than a coach because he's always been good as a guy who coaches up quarterbacks and the you know uh, the play the play calling and all he that. He can't kind of stuff. run the locker room. But he is a schematic genius. So he's a savant, essentially. So Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, I made a bet with uh, Sean Foss, our rookie expert, who's our rookie expert. He said that the Cincinnati Bengals would have a better record than the or Pittsburgh no, Steelers. They would finish. They would win the division as number one in the AFC right. North last year. That they would win the division. And it was funny because for most of the year, it looked like he was right. I know they started out very well. Uh, the Steelers started out 0-4, so it was pretty clear that Cincinnati was going to win it in a landslide. But they didn't, because Andy Dalton and the team choked. Because and Dave's Steelers, never going to buy a Bengals hat. And the Steelers really mm. stepped it up. By the way, I have to get that uh, Steelers hat from Sean. So. Maybe who wants to keep it? Uh, well, I would too if I was a Cincinnati <laughs> did he? Did he actually send us proof, a picture of him wearing the Steelers hat? Yeah, we saw the Yes, Steelers we saw hat. proof. Okay. So, uh, interesting thing about the Bengals. They didn't really add very much. Uh, now they did a rookie draft, um, and they all did rookie drafts. In fact, understood. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, uh, in free agency, etc. I'll, I'll go over a couple players that they did end up putting on their team. But as far as offense, as far as fantasy offense, they didn't really add anything to their team. Uh, departures. They have a lot of good fantasy names on their team. They have a couple. And Marvin Jones is also coming back from 
the IR. To get rid of uh, of uh, Jermaine Gresham, Greg Little, Brandon Tate, Dane Sansenbacher, all those guys are now free agents. Dane they haven't signed them yet, and it doesn't seem like they will. Um, so we can't consider them gone from the Bengals just yet, but uh, pretty much they're not on the team anymore. Yeah. Uh, from an NFL and fantasy perspective, not much has changed, though. Uh, they did sign a defensive end, uh, Michael Johnson. I think he was from Tampa Bay. Got him like $20 million for four years. That should help. But as our conversation is pertaining to offensive and fantasy football, uh, he's not really that relevant. Uh, they did sign rookies. But all those rookies probably won't even play in 2015 because they basically signed depth to go behind their players instead of players that would start Right. Players to last year holes. was kind of their year to – the last couple of years really were the years to introduce all their rookie offensive talent. They still are going to have A.J. Green and Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. Bernard. Giovanni Bernard. So Andy Dalton line, we talked about that. The Andy Dalton line means in our context that this is a quarterback that is kind of in the middle of the road and anybody over his production should be a good quarterback or above average at least. And anybody who's lower than him should probably – uh, be looking for a new job or uh, cowering, <laughs> they should be looking for a replacement for him or cowering his head in the clipboard um, and so I think Andy Dalton will remain about the same and his line right now is about 3,500 yards and 22 touchdowns which places him firmly in the middle of the quarterback pass <laughs> firmly in the middle his receivers also look the same We've got AJ Green who should be good. He's one of the best receivers out there. Will always be a top 10 as long as he is putting up the same kind of production that he has over the past couple of years. Marvin Jones, he's a guy we've talked about over the past couple of years. He's been injured, and injuries are a problem for a receiver. However, if he's able to be out there and be healthy, he's the number two guy. He's the guy who lines up uh, on the opposite side of A.J. Green. So, he is a guy who can give you tons of points if things are going well for the Bengals. Right. Um, then we have Mohamed Sanu. And he's really only a fantasy option when there's a lot of passes going to him. If he gets five passes, six passes, seven passes, he might have a great game. But if he's just the third guy, and even most of the season last year, when Marvin Jones was injured, even if he's the second guy, he still will not be that force that you want on your fantasy team. Right, he's going to be like a flyer that you're going to have to take in a week with when you have bad bye weeks and an injury. Like he's not going to be a regular starter on anyone's team. Now the running back position is more interesting, right? Because they've got Jeremy Hill. Last year, Jeremy Hill was fantastic. He had 1,100 oh, yeah. plus yards and nine touchdowns. That puts him at about the same pace as Justin Forsett. But Justin Forsett's been playing football for years, five-plus years, and Jeremy Hill has not. So to have a guy like this who was a rookie in 2014 perform at that level, that means, right, Cincinnati, he's your guy, right? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be the main starter, uh, but I think he's going to pretty much be splitting time with Giovanni Bernard. You know, Bernard didn't get to play in as many games last year, but he still had 168 attempts, the same as the year before, uh, which is only about 50 uh, short of Jeremy Hill. But he has way more receptions. He got targeted 60 times, 43 catches. So I, I think that they're going to wind up basically going maybe 60-40 with Jeremy Hill taking a little bit more of the action. Well, they're not splitting carries. One of them they're is... splitting touches. No, one of them is the is the passing down, third down, change of pace back. 
Uh, and, well, and that, that guy still gets the... 170 carries a year. He's not like Darren Sproles, who only gets like 30 carries. But that's a not year. true because Giovanni Bernard started the year as their running back. No, and it's true that he got 168 carries last year. I understand what the stats state. What I'm saying is Giovanni Bernard started off as their running back. Jeremy Hill became the running back. Uh, and, and this year, you know, uh, Giovanni Bernard is going to be the passing back and Jeremy Hill will be the short yardage back, period. That's how it works. That's how it is now. But he was a rookie, so they weren't going to let Jeremy Hill just eclipse all the carries of Bernard. That means Giovanni Bernard will see a little bit of a decline in his stats. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Hill in his last three games had over 22 carries each game. Yeah, you have to see that there's this line that's increasing, right? So uh, Jeremy Hill is a rookie, did fantastic. But at the beginning of the season, he didn't have as many carries. And yes, that has in part to do with Giovanni Bernard's injury, but... In fact, let's let's have it all to do with Giovanni Bernard's injury. All that matters is is the fact that they love Giovanni Bernard, but they know he can't be a three down back, which means and that, they don't need Jeremy Hill to be a three down back because they have Giovanni Bernard. But that's the purpose. It's a great look. They're not splitting carries though. They're I, not. They're not splitting I said that carries. Jeremy 50/50. Hill is still going to get a little bit more than Giovanni Bernard. Short yardage passing. Look, that, if you extrapolate Bernard's touches over all the games that he could have played had he been healthy then he has the same number of touches as Jeremy Hill. What I'm saying is Jeremy Hill is going to slightly, you know, he's going to take 10% of those touches away from Bernard just right off the top. Now, if one of them is out for other for a certain amount of games, obviously the other one will step in. Yeah, but you can't. This is a team where the one will eclipse the other if they don't exist. But we can't go into the season saying one won't exist. We have right. to go into the season saying they're both going to be healthy, and if they're both healthy... I'm looking at more of a 70-30 split. But the difference is Giovanni Bernard is better in PPR. Giovanni Bernard has better uh, action I would still spaces. Have, I would still rather have Jeremy Hill of in course. a PPR league. I'm not saying you should have yes, Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard's value is much higher in a PPR. In fact, what I'm saying is that Giovanni or Jeremy Hill finished at the, at the bottom of the top 10 for running backs last year. And I think that uh, he'll probably end up there again, if not slightly higher. Um in fact, my question is not about Jeremy Hill. It's about Giovanni Bernard. So I remember two years ago when we were all over Bernard, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. what round would you feel comfortable drafting him in this year, knowing knowing that Jeremy Hill is now the main back there? Uh, and knowing that Cincinnati is not exactly on an upward mobility spiral. Definitely not. Um, so in my mind, I'm thinking of him as a 6th to 7th round pick. But he'll probably be gone before then because of his name. That's fine. I so, mean, I was thinking five. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're probably right. So that's that's probably why we won't have him on our teams. Look, I named a team after this guy. Oh yeah. And you made me an awesome picture of it as well. Really? Hey, the guy's great, but remember. but he's just becoming more of a uh, of a guy who they want to have around for a long time. A guy that is able to do whatever they want. Not a guy that's going to just bash and bash and be gone in three years. Because right. Jeremy Hill might be great. He might be great this year. He might be great next year. He could be great the following year. But, you know, the average running span of a, a lifespan of a running back in the NFL as far as fantasy football production is, what, 2.5, three years? Oh, that's not a lot. I, w- I think it might be f- four years, but that's like the life of a uh, running back in the NFL. Yeah. So, basically, if you want a guy that's going to do well, you get him for like three years. 
Yeah, I mean... Uh, so you're saying that Matt Forte isn't going to be there for me forever? Matt Forte is, <laughs> has already had uh, an extraordinary and long career. Yeah, he's been in the NFL for a while. He's my guy. He's had a lot of carries each year, which means that, honestly, his career probably only has this year left in it. No. After that, he will teeter This year off. may be his last really good year. I mean, Matt Forte has <laughs> had um, now seven full years as the starter, and he's only missed five games in that time. So and wow. he's going to be what twenty nine? It's amazing. Thirty. Uh, he is. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be twenty nine towards the end of the year. So oh, that he's means a that means that next year, <laughs> or he'll be thirty towards the end of the year. More than probably next year when he's thirty years old, he's he's going to be gone or be relegated to like a backup role on the team. He's had an extraordinary like, oh, he statistical was career. The problem with him is he was on the team uh, like the Chicago Bears that weren't going to win. Yeah. Well, they went to the AFC. Or the NFC Championship game one year. I I know you're a Bears fan, man. Unfortunately for Forte, he was on a team that couldn't win. Uh, Right. So his his (laughs) legacy will never be like Hall of Famer. But if he had been on a different team, if he can a put team up, that would have been like a championship If he can team, put up four more years of stats, if he can take his career past the 10-year mark, I think he could get in. If he's catching 70 balls a year and he becomes like the all-time leader in running back receptions or something like that, I totally think that he could uh, get into the Hall of Fame. But it's going to take a lot. It really is. He's not going to have four more years, man. It's not going to happen. He has too much wheels on him. He's being run not only as the pass catching back, which he does a lot of, but also the between the tackles back. You can't do both those things and be there for that many years. It's not possible. I, I love Matt Forte, but it's not going to happen. I mean, they're already this year in the Bears organization planning what they should do to to get him out of there. So, I mean, they have guys like Kadeem Carey. They just drafted a guy this year that is a, a really high pick and a, and a good pick, I think. For a running back. Um, and they have another guy, too, I believe, on the squad. So, I, as much as I I agree with you, I just wish... You know, and it, it's probably because we live in Chicago, like I said. But I think Forte's the best guy on the Bears. And I wish he would have been on a different team. Because if he was on a different team that was a little bit better at the time, he could have been like a four-championship guy, you know? Well, stat-wise, fantasy, it worked for him. Because he had to work harder... You know, a lot of these teams, they're doing well. For everyone's us, we love the them. Slack. It's fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's picking up the slack on the team. He can just kind of sit back and relax a bit. But here, you know, you know, not to say that they didn't have any good no, games, you're actually, but obviously. You're spot on, which is cool. Uh, you know, a couple years ago when the Bears didn't have Brandon Marshall, they didn't have this like whole passing offense. It was always Matt Forte, just constantly Matt Forte because he's yeah. the best player on the team. It was Greg Olson, then Matt Forte. Like, they always had guys that weren't who you would expect them to be. Matt Forte's rookie season, he had 316 carries. That's fantastic. And 63 catches. He went above that line, and he did struggle the next year, but he never fell off a cliff. He still can produce Mm -hmm. like that. Never told you he fell off a cliff. He's about to fall off the cliff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's too bad, because if he had been on a winning team, he would have gotten some, you know, actual recognition instead of fantasy recognition. But but as far as fantasy is concerned, uh, and uh, as far as consistent points are concerned, to have Matt Forte, especially in a PPR league, especially with Mark Tressman, because that's when he actually did really well. Uh, before then, he had I think 40, 50 receptions a year, which is great. But I think with Mark Tressman over that, 60. he had more like 70, he had 80, 74, and then 102. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Tressman surprisingly was Tressman was only there for two years. Mm-hmm. He got. He, sh- he was showing the door after the disaster that was last year. Yeah, but Tressman was a guy that wanted uh, to throw the ball at the running back. 
He wanted to do like all these interesting things. He wanted to constantly be tossing the ball and I mean, having plays. And it goes to, you know, Matt Forte has the uh, the season record now for receptions by a running back. And that's why, you know, when when they have a guy like Charles Sims or they have a guy like Lorenzo Taliaferro or they have a guy like uh, Amir Abdullah or whatever, they call him, he looks like Matt Forte out there. <laughs> Matt Forte is now a measuring stick. See, and, and that that is one of the things, like you said, they could actually take him into the Hall of Fame, He's, even though his team has always been bad. Matt Forte would need an extraordinarily long career to make it there, but in my mind, he'll always be in the Hall of the Very Good. Yeah. Well, think of a guy like on, on Buffalo. You've got Fred Jackson, who's like 34, and last year still had 1,000 yards, I think. Like A guy like that, like Fred Jackson, if he doesn't make the, the Hall well, of Fame... He kind of reminds me of Thomas Jones in a way. He's like, how long do I have to be out here, guys? Come on. Do I have to be 87 so years old. old? He's like the only running back who's older than us. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not, Just barely, too. There's not oh, by many. one year. By one year. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, what's funny is Matt Forte's only been in the league for one year longer than Fred Jackson. See, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> he's about to go off the cliff. And you know that because he's been used from a young age. A lot of these guys... Matt Forte has far more use on him. A lot of these guys, when they're 28, 29, 30, they haven't been used that often, so they can run longer. Uh, anyway, uh, we talked a lot about Forte, and he, he owes a lot to this conversation, or I guess the conversation owes a lot to him. We were talking about Giovanni Bernard versus Jeremy Hill. Yeah. So I think we agree. Jeremy Hill is going to be that like top 10 guy, uh, and Giovanni Bernard is not going to be. However, Agreed. in a PPR league, he's going to have a lot of value. So how much value does he have? I know Jessica said five. You were thinking like six. What's the boost? Uh, I would I would, t- I would move him up around for sure in a PPR league. As you just take a shot all by yourself for no reason. He sure did. <laughs> Ours are, Jason, Well, nobody cheers. said tight end recently, but yeah. we can just try it. Here we go. Around the mulberry bush. Nice job, guys. Uh you said uh, you thought so, yeah, he I could think maybe in a regular draft, around, right? six to seven, but I could totally see him going in the fifth in a PPR league. That's fine with me. He's certainly going to be someone's RB two or RB three. Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't rely on him as your RB two um, unless as long as you're taking really good other uh, positions, you know, really good players at other positions. Okay. I don't know. Well, is there anyone else on the team other than AJ Green who's really relevant? No, no. We went over the whole team. Yeah, That's I mean, it. Marvin Jones is going to be a hopeful guy, but nothing that I'm going to rely on until I see something. Because of the problems he's had in the past couple of years remaining relevant and consistent. Because in fantasy football, ultimately, doesn't it all come down to, right? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, exactly. That's how the NFL works, too. So, Cleveland Browns. I know you don't want to talk about them, guys. I know that this team has uh, quite a stigma against them right now. Oh, my God. I apologize to anyone who's listening. (laughs) That's what happens when you invoke the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) So, uh, in my Dynasty League, actually, the the person that won the league last year was able to rename my team. Oh, this is brilliant. So, he renamed me the Cleveland Browns. Oh, that's amazing. Being a a Steelers fan. Good job, Jim. And you can tell how much I want to get to uh, number four here. Uh, being a Steelers fan, it makes the Browns even that much worse because they always used to be the rivals of the team and uh, they still are very anti-Steelers. However, 
Nobody cares. Cleveland. It's really just the general suckitude surrounding Cleveland. Because. And the Browns. What kind of name is the Browns? Let's go through ads. Like, Brown. Well, you okay. want to talk about a little history here? Like, in yeah. the, uh, I think, believe the 1940s or something like that, the Cleveland Browns uh, organization created a logo for themselves that was an elf with a football called the Brownies. They called themselves the Brownies. And they sort of unofficially uh, like took this elf and made it their logo. It sounds, it sounds like the Keebler elf to me. You would love the elf. <laughs> the elf is really cool. If you're listening out there, so look up uh, Cleveland Brownies. Brownies and cookies. It's got to be Keebler. Yeah, it's this elf design. <laughs> and the funny thing was the previous owner that they had, I think it was the previous one. He had him for a long time. Anyway, it was like the 60s. He's like, first thing I do is get rid of the elf. <laughs> first thing we get rid of is the elf. So oh, you man. know what happened in Cleveland is that all the people like rallied around the elf. And they were like, for years, they were like, we want the elf back. We want the elf back. Uh, now in Cleveland, they sell those shirts. Oh, it was Art Modell who got rid of them. It was Modell, yeah. Yeah, so jerk. They have those shirts and everything. And, and the whole city has this uh, special like feeling towards this brownie the elf. Now, as is, is much of an like heartwarming story that might be and as much as i kind of like it personally <laughs> oh, it's cute i don't like cleveland for a it multitude looks like he's of from reasons the 50s. right he does yeah yeah because totally. he is from the 50s yeah. <laughs> they never changed him all right but leaving it to be too childish let's talk he did about, away with the elf. let's talk about what cleveland did in the offseason so they added josh mccown from tampa bay uh they which added, was their best signing they added, which is really sad they added duke johnson who's a rookie running back uh, Dwayne Bow, who came from Kansas City, and Brian Hartline from Miami. So, Dwayne Jason, from tell me a little City. bit about each of those players. Give me, give me thirty seconds on each player. Okay, so Josh McCown is going to be competing for the starting job, and I think that he's going to take it because he seems to be able to impress coaches a whole lot, and he's got an impressive resume from when he was in Chicago with Mark Trestle. And he's competing against Johnny Manziel. And yeah, it, the guy that he's going to take it from sucks. Uh, Duke Johnson, I'm excited to see. However, I am totally, um, you know, not thrilled with what Cleveland has going on on offense. So I don't think he's going to be very fantasy relevant uh, to we'll, start with. We'll talk with. more specifically about that. But, but I mean, talk about the player. Well, I don't know a whole lot about Duke Johnson himself. Okay. So I don't want to speculate. I just don't think, unless he, you know... Turns out to be an amazing Adrian Peterson type. He's not going to be able to have a huge impact on He's the He's not an AP guy. And right. according to what Sean said when we had him on for the Rookie podcast, which we talked about, I think, was it two, three weeks ago or something like that? Yeah. Um, he said just what you're saying. That, like, he was a guy that, that maybe could make a difference, maybe could supplant the uh, people there. With proper supporting cast, I'm sure that he could do fine. But he's not better than... There's like, not, like, a great quarterback taking pressure off of him. No, he's not an amazing running back. Right. So, yeah. I, you know... How about Dwayne Bow? Dwayne Bow is a guy who had a bad 2014. Let's face it. He really had a shitty year last year. So did all after, of the Kansas City wide receivers. After a bad year in 2013. Yeah. So, you know, Cleveland was very desperate to sign wide receivers when everybody was getting a wide receiver. Um, and they wound up with Dwayne Bow and Brian Hartline. <laughs> Hartline I kind of like more. I always thought that he had a lot of potential, but was kind of – either stuck with a crappy quarterback in Miami or then he had a rookie Ryan Tannehill. So um, maybe Hartline's a little past his time. But those two ads were almost ads out of desperation. I believe Hartline is 28 or 29. And uh, I don't think either one of them wanted to go to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, 
maybe it'll be like uh, the misfits band together and do well. I think it's like the but end I of their careers. See it, man. Is what I say. I this looks like a dumpster fire. I think that's the end of their careers. Brian Hartline, 28, 29. Josh McCown is like like 35. Josh McCown is 35. They've got a couple of rookies that may come and try to... You might uh, see Crowell uh, do okay. Well, let's talk about it. So, we agree on the receivers, right? So, uh, Cleveland doesn't really have anybody there. Um, I do actually like Andrew Hawkins as a slot receiver in Cleveland because he kind of plays around with stuff. He's... He's an interesting dynasty ad. Who was the guy who guy. was making all the plays at the end of the year? At the end of what year? At the end of the year last year for Cleveland. What do you mean? The, at the risk of sounding racist, he had a Hispanic name. <laughs> uh, well, they had Josh Gordon, who is now suspended. We right. didn't talk about him at all. Well, I'll have it in a second. but uh, I wasn't saying that he was a... Gabriel sp- Taylor. I, I just sound racist. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but yeah, they have Bo Taylor, Hawkins... Heartline, you know, one of those guys will make some plays. I don't really see any of them as being anything other than well, what I was filler say for injuries. Is that Hawkins is a PPR slot receiver? He did well last year. Well, so is Brian Heartline. Yeah, but Heartline, like you just said, is is older. Is is there? He's he's going to be the guy that gets covered and isn't good enough to uh, to get out of the coverage with a bad quarterback. Actually, they're the same age. Yeah, Interesting. I, but but Hawkins is actually the, Hawkins is older. He's the three guy though. Sure. If you have uh, the one and two, you know, defensive backs taking on those two guys, then you're going to get the third guy open a lot. So it's like who's going to help out in Cleveland, right? Well, usually the defensive backs don't even cover the slot receiver. Who is the it's best a safety or a linebacker? Who is the best player besides Josh Gordon on Cleveland for the past two years? Uh, Joe Thomas, tight end. Oh, Jordan Cameron. Well, I mean, Joe Thomas was the best player on their team, but he's a he's a tackle. Fair enough. Yeah, they do have a good defense, and I I, I did want to mention that. And they actually, what's so funny about Cleveland? They have my guy Barkevius Mingo. And Cleveland went back. They went to the draft, right? 2015 draft, and Cleveland has never really drafted wide receivers. They they don't really draft like uh, like really good offensive players. So last year when they had taken Johnny Manziel, it was kind of a surprise. Okay, they take Johnny Manziel, and he's the worst thing they could have ever taken. <laughs> and <laughs> really, what's the pick? And what they do they two picks in the first round? What do they do after not taking wide receivers this year? They don't take wide receivers. I'm sorry, last year they don't take wide receivers this year either. And there was so many wide receivers both years. And so they basically foregone Man, like was there good wide both receivers. amazing wide receiver drafts to take nobody. The year before had a lot of good ones too. But what is good about the draft, and if you look at it, you'll see, is that even though they're not drafting offense, now I I understand that this is not going to be good for those people that have quarterbacks or wide receivers or tight ends. Yes, I'll drink. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be good for those people that have running backs on that team. So before we get there, just let me finish. Um, wide receivers. We already went over that. They're terrible. Who's the best? The best on their team? <laughs> Who's the best wide receiver on Cleveland? It's Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow caught zero touchdowns last year. How many touchdowns does he catch this year? I say three. I'll go over three, but I don't think it's over eight. Jess? Who's the best wide receiver on Cleveland? Guess the number zero through eight. How many wide receivers <laughs> is Dwayne Bow going to catch? I got distracted. Uh, oh, oh, oh. 
Um, he caught zero, he caught last, zero year. last year. So like two. <laughs> Put those numbers down. And the person who's closest to the uh, the touchdowns gets to enjoy a bomber from the other two people. All right. Oh, those are always fun. What were your two guesses? Man, Dwayne Bow had 15 catches one year. I swear I wasn't texting. <laughs> well, but so Dwayne Dave Bo, said that he's not catching more than three. Dwayne Bow had one year where he did really well, right? Like eleven hundred okay. plus with like six touchdowns. Uh, well, he has a couple years like that. That's another one so, that you named a team off after. Taste Dwayne. Taste Dwayne Bow. Yeah, mm-hmm. great name for a team. Indeed. Yeah, but he's too crappy. I can't possibly name a team after a player who's on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that will just bring nothing but suck to my team. Oh, you bastards. So anyways, he had 1,162 yards and 15 touchdowns. The following year, he had 1,159, but only five touchdowns. Oh, it was the 15. It was, he had yeah. like a, an amazing... Right, right. He had a ridiculous number of touchdowns. But still, 1,100 is great. It was 2010. 15. That was a long time ago. He's going to be 31 this year. Well, he could come back and have a, a solid year back, but it wouldn't be more than seven touchdowns. Uh, right, so Jess says two. You yes. said no more than three? Yeah, what did you say? I said like five. Okay, well, two, three, five. I guess that means if there's a playoff between two people, if it lands in the middle, then we have to do a... If he catches two and a half, then <laughs> I will buy bombers. I will buy two bombers. Sweet. Really? <laughs> uh, sure, if he catches 2.5 touchdowns. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll buy ten bombers, Dave. And maybe it's without going over. So if it he, he's going to have the first split win. touchdown in NFL history, <laughs> that's not exactly what I meant. I said I had three, you had five. So if he scores four, oh well, yeah, first that would without be a tie. exceeding. Yeah, we don't play prices right rules. Damn, no, <laughs> prices right rules are retarded. It's only it's just an easy way to uh, help eliminate people in a high pressure situation. But Plinko is great. You know, Plinko is pretty great. Let's be politically correct here, Jason. You shouldn't say retarded. You should say Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the retarded line. It's the Andy Dalton line. Yeah. Andy okay. Dalton is not retarded. So let's talk about the running backs on Cleveland before we get out of control here. Uh, I'm sorry, after we get out of control here. So the running back situation in Cleveland is uh, a little murky still. I think Isaiah Crowell should be the main guy. And uh, he has done pretty well. If you look at the last part of last season, there were a lot of games that you would be happy to have him playing on your team. Uh, didn't score a ton of touchdowns, but had a bunch of yards, a good amount of carries. The problem is, yeah. it's kind of back and forth. Well, right? a lot of those final games featured all three guys, Terrence West, Isaiah Crowell, and um, who's the other guy? Well, there used to be another guy who's not really there anymore. Right, he's not there anymore. And so that brings me to my next point, which I totally agree with you. So they have Terrence West as well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, rookie Duke Johnson. And Duke. both of those both of those guys uh, are guys that are going to get receptions and maybe steal a little bit of short yardage. So if you look at Crowell's performance, he did really well overall in the last half of the year. However, if you look at the whole season and you look at uh, – Terrence West season, you see that it's kind of any given Sunday. It's like, you know, 17 carries, 8 carries, 24 carries, 10 carries. Yeah. So anybody there could be the guy. And if they're telling you Crowell is the guy, I don't believe it. I'm just saying no. it. I don't believe it. It's going to be Terrence West. <laughs> or it could the same be, thing I was saying all year last year. Or it year. could be Duke Johnson. Sure. But, but the point is, all three of those guys are going to get their chance. And because. 
the management has their heads so far up their asses, uh-huh. they can't even see anything. It's just, it's Cleveland, man. It's like New England running backs. <laughs> well, but in a completely unsuccessful format. Because the difference is, New, <laughs> New England knows when to change them up. And Cleveland's like, we should change them up because Bill Belichick The does. difference is, yeah, when Cle- when New England <laughs> changes them up, then a guy you've never heard of gets four touchdowns. But when Cleveland changes them up, it doesn't matter. He gets 27 carries for 90 yards. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, can we recommend unequivocally, right, that you should not pick up anyone from Cleveland, play anyone from Cleveland, period, in fantasy, the entire year of 2015? No, I think that Terrence West may be an option at running oh, back at Lord, some point. Jason. Have you learned nothing? <laughs> have you nothing, learned John nothing? Snow. Is that do you have Terrence West on a team of yours? I do not. All right. I only have one dynasty team at the moment. You think Terrence West will eclipse Isaiah Crowell? Yes. Have you looked at the the stats from each last year? I've watched them play. Have I've you seen, seen that they're alternately good? You mean like every other game? Well, okay, that is an interesting theory well I, I shouldn't call it a theory it sounds condescending it's an interesting observation but i think a lot of times that has to do with um the coaches and where they're going to play people all right well i don't think you should play anyone from cleveland at all the entire year of fantasy if you can help it now Jason would have you play Terrence West. If you if it you doesn't do mean that he's wrong. Start someone from Cleveland during the year. Will you like do something that you don't want to do? Will you drink a Bud Light Lime, Dave? Why would I ever do that? <laughs> you know that John Oliver has to drink Bud Light Lime now. Why do they even sell Bud Light Lime? So this is very interesting. It's so a John, terrible beer. I must I must digress for a moment. John Oliver talked about how shitty the FIFA leadership is today. The president of FIFA. Uh, Sap uh, Bladder retired, uh, resigned. Sap Bladder? His name is Sap Bladder. I'm, I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> Anyways, he resigned after just on Sunday, uh, John Oliver going off about how terrible this guy is. So he said if he resigns, he will drink Bud Light Lime. I mean, it sounds like pretty <laughs> bad punishment to me. It, yeah, it was like poor John Oliver, right? Yeah. So he's going to drink Bud Light Lime on the next episode, I hope. He also has to do other things like eat McDonald's fries and wear Adidas shoes. It's really funny because some of those has, things aren't so bad. He has to do the like things McDonald's fries. that everybody likes. <laughs> well, they're all the sponsors of the World Cup. I understand that, right? But it's also do the things that everybody likes. Oh no! Well, I mean, nobody likes nobody actually likes drinking Bud Light Lime. That's the real punishment. That's probably true. Yeah. The problem, Jason, is that you don't know that. More than half the world likes drinking Bud Light Lime. You think that they Bud don't. Light Lime takes like, tastes like something that came out of a set bladder. Why is it in every place that sells anything packaged? In a, Bud Light in a Lime section? tastes like a raccoon laying in a gutter and having rainwater run past it. It doesn't matter what it tastes like. You don't like that everybody likes it. I could care less if everybody likes it. I'm just saying... You know, it tastes like a possum vomited into a like bad whiskey. Dude, this is this is getting really harsh. <laughs> it's just artificial lime and and Bud Light. 
Oh man, that's that's the worst description yet. Did they ever come out with a Corona lime <laughs> to save us the trouble of putting a lime in a Corona? Because Corona is a great beer. Because I'm just saying, it's great corona, beer on the beach at the very least. Corona <laughs> is only made drinkable with a lime. <laughs> so why haven't they just you know made a beer where they put the lime in it for us? Well, look, like like for example, so so Jason is kind of a beer snob, right? But he'll Not still, kind of. I am certainly a beer snob. But he'll still drink PBR. Well, I was going to say, but he's sitting here drinking a PBR with I'm us. opening the best beer that we have here. I'm just going to go ahead and make an executive decision. <laughs> so the, the problem Can is... the bottle opener? The problem no. is justifying oh. PBR <laughs> when you say that the other light beers aren't good. And PBR is really on the same level with all well, of PBR them. Well, PBR is not like a fake light beer. It's really the same, man. It's not a light beer. If you do some research on PBR, you know it's a hipster beer. You know the only reason it's popular right now? You know that Bud Light's not a hipster Except beer. Except for the places where it's not yet a You're hipster right. beer. Dave, you know that we've been doing hipster I, things I since have before a, hipsters. True. Some it very makes close us all friends. very uncomfortable. <laughs> Bud, Light, Bud Light is not a hipster beer. No. Because it's sold because to... Because even hipsters know better. No, because it was popular forever and it still is. Hipster beers are the ones that like... Were popular a long time ago and then became unpopular. You guys have empty glasses. You should have some of the Dorado. Already. Double IPA. Yes. Just take the bottle, please. <laughs> if you can't see this right now, I'm pouring it on Jason's head. He's pouring it on my <laughs> laptop and ruining yet another laptop during a show. Thanks. Wait, I didn't ruin the first laptop. Well. I thought that was all you. It was all me. <laughs> it was at the very beginning of a show, too. Oh, oh my goodness. It was rough. All right. Uh, so... Pitts, Pittsburgh. Let's get to Pittsburgh. And uh, this is where I wanted to go. Obviously, I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, what I wanted to talk about are the players that they added and the players that they uh, you know, took a departure from and the issues, just like the other teams. So, who did they add in Pittsburgh for wide receivers? They added a guy named Sammy Coates, who I think was a third-round pick in the, uh, in yes, the NFL third draft. Yes, third-round pick. And this is a guy that has like such crazy measurables. One of those guys that could be amazing, but had a lot of problems. Isn't known as the best route runner, etc. So it seems right. just like Martavis Bryant, for example, who's a guy they picked up last year. And last year, Martavis Bryant did amazing things with Ben Roethlisberger. Now he certainly did. The question that I would pose to you before even getting into their other receivers, of which there are two, and those they drafted a guy named AB? Wimpy. Or they might not have drafted him. He might be a free agent. Do you think that uh, it has more to do with the receivers or more to do with Ben Roethlisberger or more to do with the offensive coordinator? Antonio Brown. Yeah, it's all Antonio Brown. (laughs) That was creepy. It's all A.B. A.B. is great. A.B. certainly is. He's one of the reasons I got to as close to third place as I did. Okay. Fine. We'll talk about Antonio Brown. A.B. So Antonio Brown had uh, the most receptions in the league in 2014, I believe. And then in 2015, I'm not sure he maintained that title. Uh, No, he didn't have it in 2014. He was just behind Pierre Garçon last year. Oh, Garçon. Uh, But I'm sorry, in 2013. In 2014, he did lead the league in 129 catches. This also led the league in. Yeah. Also led the league in reception uh, yards. Reception yards, t- sixteen ninety eight, thirteen re- uh, receiving touchdowns. Well, actually, why don't you a beastly year? Why don't you repeat his uh, his his stats and then tell us his stats in two thousand fifteen? 
You mean what they're going to be? Repeat 2000. I'm sorry. Repeat 2014. 13 and 14? Yeah. 13 and 14. Well, in 2013, 110 catches, 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. In 2014, he had 130 for 1,700, 13 touchdowns. Sick. Just like, yeah. Somehow okay. you turn up, you take a year that's a 10 and you turn it to 11. So this is what's going to happen. And I'm a Steelers fan. Like, I would love Brown to somehow eclipse that. Impossible. This is going to be his happen. highest year ever. Yeah. So, unfortunately, what happens is he gets double teamed now because he deserves that. Are you? He's been <laughs> double teamed all, all year last no, year. No, 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 no. He gets double teamed. I might still go for him. He doesn't get double teamed. He'll be for real double teamed? So, that, you're saying that uh, Martavis Bryant is going to break out this year? Let's have a dialogue. Well, I'll have you Here's know. Here's the thing about the Steelers. Every single wide receiver that they draft, like, ends up being good somewhere at some point. Yeah. They seem to have this really good, at least in the past, like, let's say, eight years. Just look at Emmanuel Sanders, even ones they don't keep. Yeah. Mike Wallace is gone, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Mike Wallace was a Super Bowl MVP. I know. And they're gone. Plasco Burris look, is gone. Antonio Brown still San has Antonio room Holmes to grow. Is okay. Gone. The, the all-time record for receptions in one year, 143. Yes, but that's not... Do you know who's number two? That's not reachable anymore. It only happened in 2002. That's that's not reachable anymore. It was anymore. Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. You could totally do it again. 2002 is not anywhere near the game of football in 2016. Whatever. So you know who number two was? Receptions? Mm-hmm. How in recent? In one season. How recent? How recent? It's as recent as this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Who had it? Uh, tell me. Well, it's Antonio Brown. I thought that that was the giveaway. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. There goes the PBR. 129. The, the one before it is 123. And then there's like a ton of 123, 122. But know. this is the point. Uh, I don't think you can continue that capacity in this game, in this day and age. I think it's impossible. So I think he will degrade. And, and I think he could break the 129. I mean... Getting 143 is a lot. 2002 is so different from 2015. What's what's so much different about the game? Oh my god. Go back and look at a game in 2002. It's slow. It's slow. So every, that should allow for more receptions? No. Every time you go back 10 years, you see that everybody is a little weaker, not as schooled in the game, not, not as I don't fast. Know. I think it's a product of having... Peyton Manning really starting to get going, Jason, and the, the no other receiver backs, yet. The defensive backs, the safeties, the the like the secondary. Yes, those those have gotten way bigger. They've been and so faster. improved. You can never have a guy get 140 receptions. He had 129, man. And that's as high as we're gonna get. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Oh man, I mean that is a that that is a ridiculous amount. Um, okay, well, I'm trying to see who else. Was up there with him. Well, last can year. can we agree? That oh, no- Demarius Thomas was number two at one eleven. Yeah, that is just such dominance. Do you know how many passes Demarius Thomas dropped? Look it up. Demarius Thomas last year he had one hundred and eighty four targets and one hundred eleven receptions. He dropped seventy three passes. Yeah. Do you know who the uh, best receiver to in terms of holding on to the ball is? Oh, I do, but I don't remember. I know. I I just saw him. Um, yeah. I can't remember it now. <laughs> it's on like our fantasy football. I'll look it up. Well, anyway. Go on to the next thing. We were talking about Antonio Brown. So so let's just agree, right, that because he's done so well, he's going to get all that good coverage. Yes, he got it last year, but this year, such and more so, right? 
Don't they just cover him more? Don't they cover him harder? I don't know how much more you can do. Ben Roethlisberger is going to burn you guys every single time you leave, uh, you know, his other guys open. Stay with me. You know, you have to cover Antonio Brown, and you have to do it as much as possible. If his numbers go up, you cover him more. I don't see how they can cover him more than they did last year. And he did better okay. last I, year I see, with them covering I him I see more. we're not doing very well in this conversation. You just want me to agree with you. Well, you don't have to agree. What you have to say... I agree that they're going to try and double cover what him. What you have to say is that it'll be at least... At least it'll be like it was last year. That other receivers will have opportunities because Antonio Brown is playing. Do you yes. Have, you agree with me? Okay. Absolutely. So, here's the deal. You drafted a new guy, Sammy Coates, who is right away able to catch long passes. Look at his... Um, look at his uh, highlights from college. All he did was exactly the same thing that Martavis Bryant does. He breaks free, fast speed, big hands, able to catch outside routes, touchdown. So if you're a team like the Steelers that has Martavis Bryant on it already, and he did well last year, why do you draft Sammy Coates? Um, because you're probably not sure about one of the two guys, either Martavis Bryant or... Um... Who's the other guy? Marcus Wheaton. Marcus Wheaton. Marcus Wheaton had more receptions than Martavis the, Bryant he did. did. Oh, yeah. Martavis and, Bryant had lots of big plays. And Martavis Bryant had drops. Marcus Wheaton had, had one, of the very... higher, one of the higher catch percentages. Okay, so I found it. Uh, do you want to take one more stab at who it was? No. Okay, so it was DeAndre Hopkins. Um, over the last three seasons, grabbed 97% of catchable passes. 128 out of 132. Wow, that's that's crazy. It's the quarterback's best friend right there. Especially considering Houston hasn't had a really good quarterback in the past couple of years. That's true. Probably not going to be any different now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Marcus Wheaton caught a bunch of passes, is more trusted, does not drop as many. Martavis Bryant, bigger plays, offensive, kind of uh, juggernaut outside, you know, so, do they draft Sammy Coates to supersede Martavis Bryant? Should people that are drafting Martavis Bryant because of his numbers last year be okay. worried? I wouldn't read too much into what does the draft pick of Sammy Coates mean for the rest of the wide receivers. I think that the Steelers are the kind of organization that will, unless they have a pressing need, draft the best available. I think Sammy Coates was the best available at the time. They took him. They'll be able to use him, possibly package one of their other guys in a trade if they need to uh, save cap room. They're not going to have to worry about that for a couple years still. I don't think you're wrong, but I think they use him this year. I, I do too. And I think, I think he, that they're going to give him a chance right away. If he beats Bryant, they'll put him in his place. I don't. I mean, Bryant was so impressive last year. He's a third WR right now. He's a number three WR. I know. They like Wheaton more, even though Bryant has put up a lot. And they're usually not wrong about these things. So, you know, I go with. You know, the Steelers, Can you imagine they want to play it. If the Steelers set up a four, you know, just four wide all the time and just go down the field. They don't really have a tight end anymore, so I could see Drink. It. Oh, Sorry. you're right. I've been waiting all night. Uh, that's a good one. I'll drink the shot oh. for that one. Happy birthday, Jess. <laughs> Happy birthday. Cheers. By the way, they do have a tight end. His name is Heath Miller. And his stats oh, he's were, still on the team? His stats were reasonable. Oh, good. Time. I'm glad that when I get oh, a Heath yeah, Miller Heath jersey there. and go to a Steelers game, he'll still be there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. He'll probably so, score a touchdown. He's I'm, getting Heath Miller. Heath Miller. I'm getting Antonio Brown. Dave, who are you getting? What jersey am I getting? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. 
Do I have to decide now? Uh, right now. You have to tell yeah. us. You have to at least give us uh, what you're waffling between. Because it's probably a Roethlisberger or Brown or... Last year? Yes. Or the one I think you should get, which is Heinz Ward. I love Heinz Ward. But oh, but we just will never go out of wipe style. Swap. Last year, I would have said... <laughs> he was Drew, on wipe I would have said Dree Archer because Dree Archer ran a faster 40 than Chris Johnson, who was previously the fastest 40 recorded in the NFL. Uh, but... Dree Archer has not been good. Not really much you can do in the NFL. It's not really so, a name yet. Right? Or he saved or me I some suppose time. Le'Veon Bell, or maybe the oh, Bucks. No, no, that's Are you my go old school. You're gonna get Jerome Bettis. Le'Veon Bell. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Okay. He is probably the best fantasy player in the entire NFL right now, as far as like a positional player. His historically, I don't anyway. know. Some of those quarterbacks are really sick. No, no, quarterbacks don't count. Okay. Because in most leagues, they score four points for a touchdown. Oh, well, I mean, they still score a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. But the running backs score more points than that. I don't know. I, I like I like my Gronkowski. Of course Gronk you Gronk smash! Top five. Top five well, sure. you've got Gronkowski on your dynasty league, which is fantastic. Look, we should have a bet on Gronkowski versus Graham, like, production, like, for their entire careers. For their entire career. We'll have a career bet instead of a season bet. Uh, I don't know. I don't like the <laughs> Because the he's going to get chances. injured every year. But he didn't get injured last year. I had him and I can vouch for him. Brock smashed it. He didn't he break his arm. He smashed everything. Girl jerk smash. Ah. Okay. <laughs> How did you enjoy having Gorkowski last year? It was fun. Now, granted, if he had been injured a lot, it would have been unfortunate. But I got... Yeah. I, and that was why I made it as far as I did. You know, like I said, I came in fourth. I was well, really, really Antonio close. You had Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. Of course you Also Matt Forte. Yes, yeah, so, you, you know what players. To there pick. was really no reason that I shouldn't have made it into the top three, but it was stolen right out from under me. You took big names, <laughs> but you took like the most consistent of the big. Exactly, names. but so, here's the thing: lots you took of Antonio people. Antonio Brown, which is the right way to lots go. Lots of lots of you guys in our league had major injuries, and I wasn't going to say anything because I knew that it would it would curse me. Uh, but yeah, I You're did learning. not have any major injuries last year, and it was amazing. Nice. It's it's a t- fine line to walk between. Uh, not getting cursed and talking shit. Right. Yes, it is. Right. We could have an entire show about that. Oh God. Well, we should <laughs> talk. We have. We should have a show about the like ethical boundaries and like the uh, what you should do in fantasy football. So like, um, uh, how to behave properly, basically. We, we bring up a bunch of situations and be like, how would you behave in this situation? It is this corporate. okay? Is this decision the correct one? <laughs> The dynasty commissioner. Ethics training. The, it's ethics training. The fantasy football commissioner. The It'll pod, be the commissioner show. The commissioner's <laughs> podcast. I feel like there, there isn't one of those out there. Wow. It, we can finally do the first commissioner's podcast. It'd be like having a referee podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a referee appreciation podcast. Who's your favorite ref in the NFL? Fair enough. So I, I know we're closing up. We've probably got like 10 minutes left, and that's about it. So yeah. let's, just, uh, let's just finish up our conversation about the Steelers. So... For the Steelers, as far as they're concerned, the the wide receiver position is going to be Brown. Amazing. If you have him, fantastic. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If you don't have him, you're going to try to draft him in a redraft league this year. Probably, he will yeah. be a top three wide receiver, if not the number one wide receiver taken. I, I I'm ask pretty sure you, he was my second pick last year. First pick last year was Matt Forte. Second pick was Antonio Brown, I'm pretty sure. Um, I can actually look that up real quick. But I want to <laughs> ask you, Dave, uh, do you think that there is a line similar to what the uh, running backs experience where wide receiver production is going to drop off and it's going to be a, almost a measurable thing? No. So you think that a wide receiver could keep up with yes. the right situation a 130 catches every year? Absolutely. 
Uh, that would be, you know, pretty awesome. Brown could be the best receiver of all time. Yeah. But. <laughs> He's not going to beat Jerry Rice, dude. No, no. Jerry Rice is like Wayne Gretzky. But I'm not saying that because of, of, uh, of that position that I'm putting him in. I'm saying that because a wide receiver, unlike a running back, doesn't get tackled every single down. He could last for a long time. He doesn't run sure. in between tackles. He doesn't get smashed by a 300-pound guy. In fact, oftentimes he plays. doesn't get tackled at all and scores a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so those guys, of course, are the guys with the big egos. They're the guys that can run out in open spaces. Yeah. So, Jess, in our, in our draft last year, you had the third pick overall. You took Matt Forte with the mm-hmm. third pick. Uh, in a PPR league, that is a very good pick. The two mm-hmm. people before you, Jamal Charles and LaShawn McCoy, oh. did not score as many points as Matt Forte. Thank God, because Jamal Charles Neither was did, on my radar. Neither did Adrian Peterson, who was picked after you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her draft, basically, the first two positions were the best ever. Yes. The well, best was best ever. I still came in Team fourth, Carmen but, Jello, you know. uh, with good prophecy, picked DeMarco Murray seventh overall. Yeah, Which I Carmen didn't Jello. see him going in the first round in any of our drafts. We talked about this last year, but and I believe I told you. He was a great player. That Murray would be great. Because, it was totally worth it. Because the fiction of his injury history was pervasive. It's a fiction that he has an injury history? He had one year that he was injured. Oh, well, do you think he'll still have a solid year this year? I see no reason why he shouldn't. Especially on a high-powered offense. We can go back to old drafts. and, and We should do the NFC East. Next. People say, be a good division. well, then it's all yours, my friend. Yeah. People say like he had a, a riddled injury history, but what really happened was he had just a couple small injuries during the season, and he had one season where he was injured. I mean, but come on. If like most football if some, players are going to go through that. If somebody breaks an arm or something, like look, they're going to be gone for a while. Yeah. Period. That's, he played with a broken uh, wrist last year. He is one of the more. Uh, He's a tough. Uh, all football players are tough. Yeah, but some of them are given the opportunity to go further. Yeah, I mean, like look at guys like Tony Romo. You never know how guys are going to respond until they get in those situations. Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean. Quarterbacks that go out there and play with like broken limbs and stuff—they're they're insane. It's ridiculous. Broken ribs. The broken <gasps> ribs are the one that you can play with the I'm most. Pretty, who because did I have? I had someone who played really on a broken it. rib. No, be that much worse. because you can fake them. Which oh, is what okay. they probably do. Well, the, the trainer probably comes over and he's like, "What's wrong?" And he's like pressing down, and Tony Romo's like, <laughs> He's like, "What was that? Was that a ba?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, it's I'm fine. I just have uh, two broken ribs, but I don't want to let you know." Yeah. Because I want to play. So Antonio Brown was picked second round, uh, pick number 18 overall. Um, he was picked as the 1, 2, uh, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th receiver in the draft. Now you're just counting. Uh, well, you know. I, eight. Wow. I you know, admit it. And those seven people who were picked before him. They were all really good receivers. They all had good years for the most part. Yes. Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Julio Jones, but this AJ year, Green. Antonio Brown would pick one or two. Totally. Absolutely. He's going to be first round pick in almost every draft. Yep. Do you think he's worth that first round yes. pick? Yes. Wow. That was, I think you interrupted me instead <laughs> of hesitating at all. What do you think? <sighs> I think that he is, you know, Calvin Johnson's been the first wide receiver taken in every Calvin year. Johnson hasn't performed in two years. And it's going to be Antonio Brown this year. Yep. AB. It's going to be, yeah, he's going to be the first receiver taken. And then OBJ. Uh, I don't care if he's a rookie. It might be. He was so much better than everyone else. <laughs> so good. He's so good. I, like, randomly went back and got, like, just 
came across the full-size gif of the crazy one-handed catch that he had against the Cowboys. You know what's really funny about it? And I watched the whole thing like five times, and it was just like, this is just beautiful. You know what's really funny about Odell Beckham Jr.? Drink? This is where you're supposed to say, what's funny, Dave? what's funny about him, Dave? Thank you, Jason. (laughs) See... I appreciate that about him. We have a good rapport on yeah. the show here. It, we don't have. We to know like... exactly what each other is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Odell Beckham Jr. What's 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 so great about him? What's so great about him, Dave? <laughs> is Comma, that, commas are important. Is that what was the most important thing about him? Like all year was those one-handed catches, and he did it several times. What you'll see on the offseason and what happened last year and what has happened before, but nobody ever paid attention to it, was the fact that all those receivers can make those one-handed catches. They just don't. And now Odell Beckham Jr. was the first one to be like, now I'm fucking playing with you. Because, (laughs) do you want to know why? Because he caught the first one. Well, I mean... If he had missed the first... That one was so... He's not the first guy to have made a one-handed catch. No, you're right. But his first major... Welcome to the game, Odell Beckham Jr. catches in the NFL was one Was that catch. one-handed catch. It was Sunday night football. It was against the Cowboys. There were so many people. There are so many receivers in the league that can make those catches. And the minute he did that, they were so upset. I guarantee you, they fucking shattered TVs. They were mad. <laughs> because this guy, he did it for the first time. He's like, everybody, it's like doing the Tony Hawk 900, right? Like Tony Hawk... He does the 900. He's like, yeah, I did the 900. Cool. I didn't <laughs> fail 7,000 times before I actually did it. Look, it was like week <laughs> three, wasn't it? That was his first big, huge play, Odell Beckham Jr. Or maybe it was That's week... pretty fucking impressive. Uh, it was game number 11, maybe. But he didn't even play until game five. Remember, he was suspended I'm not to saying, start the year. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He had 91 catches, and he was suspended the first four games. What, I'm not what saying... What was he suspended for? He was. He is worth it. Or was he injured? No, he was suspended. Right. I don't remember. 